previously on Two Star Two Track. I adore Shax. <laughs> he speaks to me on just such a visceral level. I, I think I retweeted something earlier that was the scene where he was making pottery and he was like channeling all of his vengeful energy into the pottery and I'm like, I get you. <laughs> Greetings, friends and fellow Trekkies. Welcome to Two Star Two Trek. We are back at it again, this time talking about the brand new Star Trek Prodigy. It released with a two-parter. It's great. So tonight we're covering the pilot called Lost and Found, which aired as technically not feature length because it was only like 48 minutes, but it was two half-hour episodes uh, as one. Yeah, feature length, It was a feature length, half-hour episode. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, Which it, Voyager did multiple times, so I'm excited that like mm-hmm. there was a stylistic choice there that they they followed through on. That was Voy- cool. yeah, that was Voyager's thing where that was the two hour special on UPN followed by wrestling. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. so it was sometimes so, preempted by wrestling. <laughs> sometimes there was wrestling on both sides. So it was super fun to see this hour long animated adventure with a big Nickelodeon logo on top was was really neat so we are joined of course by Forrest, as you can already tell we are just super jazzed to be talking about this we're not expecting prodigy to start with the two-parter but here we are and i gotta say it's pretty good it was a ton of fun and i gotta say you know we have a tiny human towards uh which this programming is geared in our home and that tiny human has requested to watch this episode the sticker star trek with gwen no less than a half a dozen times Mm -hmm. so we've seen Mm -hmm. prodigy episodes one and two a lot we're quite endeared to it it starts with this new character whose name is Dal. He's purple. He's got like a weird mohawk. He's mysterious. He has a secret. Yeah. He, nobody knows what race he is, which like, I mean, that's, that's kind of the fun of Star Trek. And he's like pulling a Star Lord and escaping from a prison planet. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I love that we catch him in media res. I love that. Like there's so much energy in this pilot. That really, they were like, you know what's not appealing to small children is starting your episode in a conference room. (laughs) 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 And they were like, what if we started it with a kid who's got a deal and he's purple and he's escaping a mine Mm -hmm. planet and we don't know why yet. And it, it really, I mean, it really does. It really takes you into the Star Trek universe, but doesn't automatically ground you with something that kids aren't going to engage with. Yeah, it's very, very nice in that way. Also, and I know, like, we've already said, like, oh, he's purple and blah, blah, blah. Like, for kids, you need something bright, you need something shiny. But I think it also, like, helps serve his character as well, because you're playing that trope of this is an outsider. And what's an easy way to make something outsider is, oh, you're purple and nobody else is purple. Like, it's just Mm. like an easy signifier for that. The other thing they do in the first five minutes of this episode, which I really appreciate and I found out later was very intentional, they take the score... And it's it's deeply reminiscent of the 09 Star Trek score. It's got some of the same little vamps and some fun mm-hmm. fun sounds, a lot of the same instruments. And it's something that if you as a parent really only watched like the 09 J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, and you were like, oh, I've got my kid watching this. You know, oh, hey, it sounds kind of like the thing I saw. Mm-hmm. It's a good entry point for not the you know, only the nerdiest of nerds are going to be a- able to access to this. Like, kids can watch it, adults can watch it, and it's reminiscent of something we've already seen, especially for people, again, that aren't haven't watched all the different series of Star Trek. You can come in having just seen, basically, the movies. Or none of them, or just remember, like, Voyager, or just, or, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Janeway, right? Voyager so, existed. <laughs> right, yeah, Voyager, that was a thing, right? So it's very, it's a very neutral, there's no, especially in the first, 
the first big action sequence, which is so cool that they start. There's no build up to the escape. There's no like, oh, we're going to plot something. It's like, we're going, we're going to try this. And then it doesn't work, which was even more, which was even another fun, like twist on the whole prison escape pastiche was like, oh. We're actually going to, like, spend some more time here before we get to zip away. But it wasn't something like, you don't need to know, nobody needs to know anything about Star Trek to see that there are people of different races and complexions and whatnot, and they are doing stuff, and there's a clearly coded goofy good guy, and there are clearly coded robot bad guys, and there are... (laughs) people who have some kind of middle ground that we will discover at some point. So it was, it was very well constructed. <laughs> but they're playing with enough familiar stuff. Like, the Kazon show up within the first 15 yeah. minutes. Like, <laughs> who remembers the Kazon besides us Voyager stands? Shout out to all the Voyager stands. <laughs> but, like, the Kazon show up. And are speaking Kazon, which we've never heard until now. And those are the fun, like, deeply nerdy Star Trek things that are that are clearly going to be a part of this. That's going to make it really fun to watch. I will admit that I'm not the target demographic for this uh, for this series, but that's okay. We're yeah. still going to watch it. Yeah, we're going to watch every episode. And that's like, that's the I'm thing in. about great children's media is that, you know, adults can watch it and find value in it. You want to respect the fact that it's for children and that ultimately there are going to be certain trappings that are going to be geared directly at children. It's not geared at you. And that's totally fine. And as long as you accept that as a part of knowing it for what it is, I think that's fine. Yeah. One cool thing they drop, like, early on with this, like, little escape sequence, before they even get to the title card, which I think is just, like, a baller move, because they drop the title card after Dal doesn't escape. Like, he hits the ramp with the ship, it goes all the way he to, He does like, the wily e. Coyote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like, dangles in the air for right. a second. <laughs> and, like, he hits, like, the... I guess, like, pseudo-atmosphere, the the shields of this prison planet and everything, and you see him, like, look out to the stars, mm-hmm. and he's just right there, and then the ship falls, and then, boom, title card, Star Trek Prodigy, and mm-hmm. it's just like, alright, like, you know, I'm, I'm in. This is a kid that just... You know, he wants to be bigger. He wants to be better. It, it's it's very classic, like, Superman, like, a man can fly. It's mm-hmm. it's playing on that. And then it just starts sprinkling all the Star Trek on top of it. And one thing I really thought was cool, and this is just, like, kind of a messed up thing in the back of my head, is what is the first thing you do if you're a warden of an alien prison planet? And it's, you take away the universal communicator, mm-hmm. so nobody can talk to each other, so you don't have an uprising. And, well, like, and, and we talked about, you know, too, the, the dual purpose that serves, Yet it also, it serves a plot purpose, but it also serves the purpose of saying, yes, there are some characters that are coded as, you know, good or bad, but there are characters that throughout the episode, as you begin to build the ability to communicate with them, you realize they're not scary at all, and they mm-hmm. actually would like to help each other, which is such a Federation thing. Like, it's so, so Star Trek. It's so Star Trek. Yes, it is so just beautifully, the, all these, this, this episode demonstrate, the, the, just demonstrates that, like, kind of Starfleet ethos, even though this is, you know, the series that it's farthest from, right, because we're starting on planet, prison planet. But it's such a neat, you know, connection to that. And I noticed, you know, on Instagram, Kate Mulgrew's doing these, like, lessons of the day and and kind of like it. these things that connect with the, you know, the the stories. And it's like, oh, that is playing in so cool with the motivation behind the series. And it's just like, it's it's such a neat and different way to, to put together, you know, the same kind of... Um, morality, for lack of a better word, as you'd see in in any other Star Trek product or in any other Star Trek media out there. And it's built completely different. Like, there's no Cerritos, there's no Enterprise, there's no Voyager. <laughs> well, and, like, and to, it's, to these kids' yeah. knowledge, I mean, mm-hmm. they have no knowledge of the Federation. Right. They, these are, it, it's largely implied that these children, minus Gwyn, are all the unwanted, right? They're orphans that have been relegated to, like, this prison planet, not because they did anything wrong, but because they've kind of just been collected up and used as free labor. And 
so they don't know what's beyond. They just know they want to go there. Right. And so now, you know, you've got, you know, sometimes a family can be a, a group of prison refugees and their their holographic space mom. <laughs> and, and they're just boldly going, man. They're doing their mm-hmm. thing. And I I'm very excited to see when they figure out A that the Federation exists, because the ship has to have the ability to contact the Federation. Mm-hmm. Right. I've already been kind of given the semi-spoiler that there's there's some returning talent from Voyager coming our way. And also some returning talent from the TNG verse. Very excited about that. <laughs> but you know, how do these kids navigate? Like, you know, are they gonna be given a directive by Starfleet to like mm. get their ship back to the Alpha Quadrant. Are they going to obey that directive? Do they have a vested interest in what they're told to do? Like, are they going to go break all of the other kids? Are on they the going to go back planet? for all the other like, kids? I think those some of those kids that got left behind, they have to go get the babycation. I think the babycation is going to turn into the villain in season two. I think, yeah, I think, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So the, the babycation, <laughs> the Kazon drop off this babycation. And it's just like, all right, here, we've we've got more kids for you, right? We have more child labor. And <laughs> I totally think the Cation is going to be, like, raised by Dreadnought and the Diviner, the bad guys. Because I think it's going to be like a, a right? Zuko and his sister situation, where right. like, Zuko gets out. Zuko learns to be a good person, but not so much his sister. His sister kind of just, like, loses it without any source of support at all. I think it's definitely layered on that, because, like, that's the other big thing you can't escape for it. You know, Caitlin, you're bringing up Avatar, the show, not, you know, blue people. <laughs> And that is, like, the other That feels big... like it should be racist, but I know you're not. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's the thing, is, like, that is the <laughs> other big Nickelodeon property, it, right? It was. And, and it follows certain tropes, and it's very hard to infer past that, because this is kind of, like, not to be that on the nose about it, but this is Star Trek boldly going. Like, this right. is Star Trek like we've never seen it before. Well, and the writing team that's helped develop the show worked on Hotel Transylvania, worked on Troll Hunters, worked on the Lego movie. So big ideas about not just broad strokes, but relationships. And that's what I'm very excited because Star Trek does that so well. Right. And so that's, it's very exciting to see the potential here. Yeah, it's going to be great. So let's talk about some of the other characters. We mentioned Dal and uh, we mentioned Gwen who is our child's favorite. Um, but you also have Jankum Pog, who is a Tellarite. It's Jason Mansukas. Yeah. And he brings such chaotic energy to anything he's in, and he's wonderful. Yeah, it's very cool to hear him in a voice role. Oh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. And you think of all of his other wonderful roles from uh, The Good Place and um, mm-hmm. and all the, you know, millions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's so fun to see him just in this completely G-rated chaos. <laughs> it's just so, it's just so <laughs> neat. Well, and he and he and Paul Shear are like podcast bros, so I imagine since Paul Shear is on Lower Decks, like that was a conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like you should, you should go audition for this Role. That's that's my imagining. Please feel free to come on the pod and tell us how that happened. We love you. And then we also have Zero, mm. who is a Medusan, and Caitlin found out some cool stuff about them. So, and, and Forrest, I'm sure you're about to drop some knowledge bombs on us. I had never seen the Medusan episode of Star Trek. No it's way! From like, it's from like season three, and it's not a good episode. No, it's, and- it's passable. <laughs> it's middle ground original series. <laughs> It was, it's a passing grade. So yeah, like even Shatner and Nimoy were like that episode was an excuse to like get out the branding for the Idic so they could sell like more of the medallions <laughs> that Gene Roddenberry had manufactured in some like labor camp. Oh, that's funny. But you know the idea that like yeah, there's this there's this potential like navigator character in Zero, and does Zero even know their own abilities? And that mm-hmm. is going to lead to I think a lot of fun drama for the crew. The way that Zero was introduced was just so, like, this kind of mobile orb of glowing energy. Like, I'm there for that. I I get that design choice. But then, like, the the flashback that brings them back to the the case 
that Medusans are transported in. And then, like, essentially, you know, brain-melting one of Morton's buddies. Like, just a really... Again, for a kid show, kids don't know, you know, you can you can do that and it's not they made them do something bad, but like for <laughs> for the for the Star Trek people it's like, uh, okay. This is right, this if this is an episode of Discovery then someone's eyes are bleeding or something after that. But right, so, yeah. everyone's crying. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, very much a cool deep cut and, you know, and Jenkins Pog as a, as a Tellerite is a cool deep cut too. Because we've never really had a Tellarite. I mean, Enterprise had a few, but we're going to have regular Tellarite presence, which is oh yeah for a founding member of for a founding member of the Federation. The first time we've seen that. Well, and and it's so fun because again, like you mentioned with the Tellarites, they're kind of like hard to work with and all the other iterations we've seen you don't really get how they became a founding member of the federation because they're so obstinate but you see very clearly in this pilot how jenkin pog sees the world differently than everyone else and how his problem solving process leads to a very productive conclusion <laughs> you just have to be able to work with him Mm-hmm. and be able to observe alternatives in a way that he understands. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be very interesting, like, moving forward. This could be a very one-note character, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think this is going to be somebody who brings some challenging ideas to the group that they then have to explain in a way that makes sense. Again, coming back around to those Federation principles for a child audience. Yeah, definitely, like, spelling it out, mm-hmm. which I think is is great. If I was, and I said this uh, in the Discord pretty much as soon as we finished our first viewing, if I was 10 and this is my first exposure to Star Trek, I am watching every single episode. I want to know more. I am going down wikis. Like, you know, I, I, I'm i engaging with it. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that is just a testament to like all of these cool characters and the story that they're setting up to tell. Mm-hmm. We also have a couple other characters. We've got uh, Rock Talk. Love Rock Talk. Is a awesome. cutie. Such a right. cutie. And like, it does that thing in animation that they do where they're just like playing opposites because Rock Talk is big and oh, I look like the thing and like I'm I'm the thing but I'm in space and I'm big and you're like oh that's gonna be the Bruiser and like. It's just like this cute little girl who yep. just has her best little friend morph and, yeah. and wants a little galaxy pet. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like it's it's great and it's fun. Yeah. And then speaking of Murph, yeah. Murph. We have D Murph. D Bradley Baker, super excited to be on an animated show where he's not playing five lead roles. I am only wearing my Cerrito sweater because I have not yet been able to schedule my Murph tattoo. <laughs> I am such a Murph fan. I don't I don't I don't even know what it is. Like I, like when the the cast photo for lack of a better term came out, I'm right. like I'm like okay, so rock uh, energy orb, purple person, other kind of purple person, Tellarite, and glowing uh, teal and purple blob and Janeway. So I'm like, the blob's got to be uh, pretty interesting. So Murph, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I'm just like Murph eating half of the starship is what I expect. I expect a Murph focus enter- episode where Murph just eats everything, but at the end, <laughs> like they go to Transwarp or something. It's like, oh, Murph has been creating its own uh, Transwarp coil all along. Or it's like putting out a Transwarp energy field. Based on how it digests, like, well, Star Trek is great because it can do this. I appreciated that even after the Universal Translator turns on, Murph is still just going, <laughs> and Rock Talk's immediate, like, response to this is not that, like, Murph is our pet, Murph is, like, a thing. Being like, Murph is just so advanced <laughs> that the Universal Translator can't pick up on it, and we should treat Murph just like any other member of the crew. And I'm like, yes, this is perfect, and I love everything about it, and Murph proceeds to do, like, the cat sitting on the laptop thing. <laughs> which someone showed a meme and it was a picture of Riker also sitting on consoles. And I was like, where's the, that's the same picture. Yeah. They, that is first officer Murph reporting to the bridge. 
It's it's so funny, and I love I love the bridge. Speaking of the bridge, the bridge design is is really cool. Lots of big open windows, which an issue in space, but this is animated space, so we're we're gonna roll with it. Yeah. Although very discovery esque with the big window in the front, yeah. to see stuff. It makes the the view screen on the Enterprise just look like well, like a little television like a saver. Well, yeah. it makes it look like a, <laughs> like the televisions in the day. Hmm, okay, we might need to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> Such the whole bridge dynamics and just all of the different design features and the way you can already right everyone had a station and that first like bridge uh-huh. experience and you're like okay so the medusans flying and we got our engineer and we got our you know captain first officer dynamic that we haven't figured out yet and also Janeway yep I like how when the first time they turn the ship on how the light like mm-hmm. moves through the ship. That was super, super cool. And like, it's obviously the pilot. So they're going to be doing like the hero shots of the ship and like the big sexy shots and things like that. But it's still red, really cool. And it's still red Star Trek. too. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the big treasure planet energy when doll is riding the ship? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So good. So yes. good. I liked it when the ship passed through the waterfall mm-hmm. and like all of the other children and the miners and everything were like cheering as it's like going through. And like that was just like, all right, I'm in like 100%. And then you get Dreadnought, which, you know, Megatron, General Grievous. Yeah, I didn't know General Grievous was going to be in this. I mean, I was I was super glad to see Grievous getting work again, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he throws off the cloak and, like, turns into, like, a turret. Like, yeah, and he's got, like, all of these, like, tentacles, and he's moving like a, like a spider. He's... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's going to be a great villain. Well, he had villain. The, the arm that turns into a cannon. Like, yeah. yeah. An anti- Great, like, yeah. great villain. Cannon. Totally, yeah. And like an anti-starship laser. I love it. The He's going to be a great villain. Um, I'm yeah. not sure about the uh, the guy who is in a back to tank. The diviner. You know, being suspended by weird animatronic cables. Almost like he's being reborn after being cloned. I don't know. I don't know. I got help. No, the somehow diviner, right? he's yeah. returned. Yeah, somehow <laughs> he has returned. But he's John Noble, so I mean, that's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, John what, Noble, though. Right. Exactly. Twenty percent effort, and we're going to be so excited. And I'm sure there's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to pose this question to the two of you. Do you think he is Gwen's father? Or are they just of the same well, race? Well, now I think she might be a clone. Well, that, I mean, yeah. She's got really cool designs. There's like, there's like a 60% chance she's a clone, right? Maybe. Big clone energy. Yeah. I really like their design. Whatever race they are, especially like when they start like meditative, like mm-hmm. speaking to each other thing. And like they have like the internal glow on like their foreheads mm-hmm. that like goes through their like tentacle dreadlocky hair thing. I want to say we've seen that. Oh, it's Star Trek so before. cool. It's so cool. The Quasians, the Quasians kind of have that glow, the empathic glow, but that's more for yeah. talking to strange squids and mycelial networks. Because if we think back to, like, I don't know, the pre... What do we call the gap of Star Trek between Enterprise and Discovery? Is that, like, is that like the burn or something? I don't know. Um, whatever that gap is, the pre-gap in uh, Star Trek's didn't treat empaths like Beta Zeds, Vulcan mind stuff happens. It wasn't very robustly done. Maybe there's there's a little bit more empath magic in the original series. There's a great episode called The Empath um, that, that treated a little bit more mystically. But the rebooted stuff has definitely gone in like, you know, Sarek's Katra thread and soul talking. All that very mystical, very magical. And it feels like this could go to a similar place. True, true. The only other cool thing I want to bring up about Gwen's character design is her weird armband sword staff thing. Don't call it a lightsaber. Yeah, that thing's cool (laughs) as shit, though. Like, the way it, like, forms and then it turns into a sword and then, oh, I need it in my backhand so it, like, crawls down my back and now I have a staff. Like, oh, man. If they make, like, a toy of Gwen, like a $25 action figure, I'm there, like, 100%. That thing's 
gonna be great. Well, because our kid's gonna want one. Yeah, the kid's gonna want one. Yeah. And it will be opened out of the box. Yeah, as soon as I take it out of the box, he's gonna be like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, I'm completely enamored with this entire premise, this cast, this, the design, like... It's, it's very It's good. a well-constructed pilot, which is a very hard thing to do. It gets you excited about the characters that are not Janeway, that are not the characters we know and love, but also there's enough things going on that you can say this does still feel familiar, even though it's kind of like an action romp, which uh, a lot of, you know, Star Trek, especially pilots, can't really say. And, you know, it's colorful. Space is beautiful mm-hmm. in Prodigy. Which is lovely. There's purples and pinks and blues. Like, space is bisexual and we love it. And, again, it's just, it's very exciting. Which I think is is a great start for this show. So they're called the Valnacot. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this is their first appearance. So it is. They, 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 they mentioned the name yeah. of them very briefly because he says we are the last of the Valnacot. Right. Yeah. So, so, which which brings some fun, and and what's fun about uh, what's fun about uh, Rock Talk is that she's Bricker, which were only book mm-hmm. book characters. Yeah. Like this is the first from the books to the um, to the main Star Trek line, which is which is neat. They don't they didn't go with any uh real primary line species they invent you know new species underused ones you have to see occasion in animation i guess and uh freaking kazon that the seeing the kazon show up yes. was the was like the <laughs> big highlight that's when i really was invested mm-hmm. i really loved the intro but seeing the kazon just made me so happy oh yeah that was great so, let's get into some fun fan theories and stuff like that. We think Neelix is showing up, like... Here's the thing. So, and I was <laughs> reading some articles about Prodigy, and of course, like, you know, the showrunners can only say so much, but they 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 do mention in a couple of the interviews I read that, like, this is not as deep into the Delta Quadrant as Voyager was. This is much closer to, like, Federation space. That's why it's, like, it's an achievable goal for, like, these guys to get there eventually or to use some kind of slipstream technology or, you know, use some of those old Borg channels um, to Borg make their way somewhere closer. Yeah, Borg it up. And, Borg um, me. <laughs> Borg me. <laughs> um, and so the idea, like, you do have to place yourself in space and, and wonder if it's actually close to where Neelix is. But at the same time... This is meant to be taking place a couple years after Voyager. Not terrible, like, like less than a decade. Yeah, yeah I think but, the official timeline says five years after Voyager returns to the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, so we're... Yeah, so yeah. presumably, like, news of Voyager has kind of made its way around. And, you know, of course, they know this ship that was, like, literally just smashing its way through space for a few years is is part of maybe some urban legends that have come around. I'm interested to see if that's clouded people's ideas of what mm-hmm. Starfleet and the Federation are. And, you know, were they considered a good thing in the Delta Quadrant? Right. Strangely enough, smashing my way through space was also Riker's uh, philosophy. (laughs) Um, Well, that was the title of his sex tape, so. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, so there's there's enough Alpha Quadrant peeps in here to, to make the connection make sense. And I think... I mean, we already know. So one, we already know Chakotay is coming back, uh, credited mm-hmm. as Captain Chakotay, which should be an interesting... It'll be really interesting to see his ship. Guess that Maquis ship went over right. just fine. Just fine. Right. It's like, oh, well, we oh, either caught you or the, Domin- or the Dominion killed you. So it's all, it's all good. Right. We're fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Captain Chakotay, First Officer Harry Kim... Just saying. Oh. (laughs) That would get the entire Star Trek fandom on board with this show. That's how you do it. My other pet theory is that we're going to see the Doctor in Discovery, is what I think. Absolutely, we will see the Doctor, right? Discovery? Either originally MH, but we'll also remember that a copy of the MH was stranded on a planet due to reasons, and who eventually left, like, 900 or 1,000 years after he was... So I, I really think the Doctor's coming back to discovery which would be a lot of fun we've we're seeing so many so much void there's so much void 
in New Star Trek, <laughs> which is just so great. Well, and these guys, they don't have to visibly age. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's the great thing about animation is that, of course, this is, you know, 25 years <laughs> after Voyager was on the air. And, you know, yeah. obviously, like, you know, everyone has visibly aged. The and only one so that got this- hotter was freaking Jerry Ryan. <laughs> like- Jerry Ryan has a painting in an attic that is aging for her. And... Yeah, that's great. But yeah, everybody else, like, you can have, like, that's the reason, like, you can have Tom Paris show up in Lower Decks and it's no big thing. Like, you can have these characters come back in the animated form, and, like, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Like, yeah. especially with, yeah. some, like, the iconic voices that were on Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. So, who 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 would you guys like to see come back? I agree the Doctor would be mm-hmm. my number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I guess, not necessarily a certain character coming back, but... You're 16, you're 17 years old, you just broke out from a prison planet, oh, I want to go that way, and oh shit, it's the Borg. Or Species mm. 8472. Like, right. Or the Jim Hadar, or... I, yeah, Jim Hadar would be fun. Jim yeah. Hadar would be great. It's It circles back too close to a previous rant, so I'll, I'll uh, just skip off of it like I'm doing a slingshot around the sun, but <laughs> still haven't seen a lot of Deep Space Nine callbacks. Like, very True. minimal, very minimal. So, but I think that the Jemadar are a little bit too out of left field. My joking uh, comments as we were finishing up Discovery uh, earlier today was that Grudge is actually the female changeling. Think about it. That actually uh, is something I've thought about. Before. She's a queen. That would be silly, right? <laughs> and well, and the thing is, like knowing that Odo was one of these changeling founders that was sent out into space to kind of be found and explore and kind of do like recon. Who's to say there weren't more? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, if anything, they've implied that there were more. Right? Well, yeah, he met so, he met one yeah. in this in season seven of, of Deep Space Nine, right? Uh, right. Uh, whose name I can't remember, but it's okay. Um, yeah, sad guy. Yeah, I don't know, Ryan. Who do you want to see? What's who's like your must see? I know, Neelix, who would do well? Uh, in, yeah, yeah. I Neelix think, would I do think well Neelix in animation. Would- he yeah, really Neelix would, would look great the in the thing, animation. Is, and I think Ethan Phillips would be thrilled to do it. Right. And I think, like, any... And this is just, I think, seeing how well other franchises have translated into animation, I think any alien would look great in this style. Um, I know the producers of Prodigy have said, like, they are close to the Alpha Quadrant. Expect to see Klingons. Mm. So, like, I think... The animation style would look good for Klingons. I think the animation style would look exceptionally well for Cardassians. What if there yes. was a Captain Proton episode? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If there's a Captain Proton episode, like Satan's robot. Janeway, Jane, Janeway yes. needs to teach these kids about, you know, something, something about teamwork. Right. And right. They get stuck in a Captain Proton adventure. Right. And like the entire thing's in black and white. And like, yeah. That would be great. Yeah, that's my answer. I want to see Captain Proton. It's <laughs> a good answer. It's a real good right. answer. And, you know, going back to the timeline stuff, even though it's been five years, you got to think that's enough time in the timeline to build a new ship, get your Janeway firmware installed, <laughs> lose the ship. Yeah. Right. And then possibly oh, lose the ship. Yeah. yeah. And then oh. have some kids find it. Oh, Tom, right. uh, we, we need someone to test the Janeway holo program. Oh, yeah, let me just uh, rewire some algorithm. I just, I just put a new personality subroutine. Just don't, you know, don't yeah. say arachnia three times too fast. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. like some Easter egg he's programmed into it. Yeah, it would just be, it, it would be fun just to revisit Voyager as a whole. And, like, that's the other thing is we, we kind of get this, like, encore through the Delta Quadrant, you know? Yeah. There's all sorts of fun stuff we could throw in. I think there was uh, the one episode of Voyager that I really liked where they find the two Ferengi brothers Mm -hmm. claiming to be gods because they have a replicator. Like, Voyager took some big swings. Not all of them hit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's okay. You know, part of the legacy of Star Trek is embracing the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
ultimately the biggest get in the world would be if The Rock showed up. But oh, like, clearly. I don't think The Rock clearly. is going to be slumming it on no, a they, Star Trek show on they, Nickelodeon. They settled for Jason Alexander not reprising his role from the Delta Quadrant, but as right. what I can only guess is Chicote Ship's Doctor is what I think he's going to be. Oh man, maybe. Because he's his cast. What was he? He was announced as Doctor Doctor Noom. Yeah, there it is. N O U M. Yes. But yeah, because I think we. I remember that when he got announced, like, oh, Jason Alexander's going to be back on. I was like, oh, he was totally on Voyager. Like yes, they're going to bring yes. back the character. <laughs> yes, he was. Like, that would be cool. No, they are not. <laughs> and no, they aren't. Like <laughs> I don't know what's Andy Dick doing. He was on Voyager. Is he alive yes. still? Yes. <laughs> that one. One of my all-time favorite Voyager episodes is when the Doctor gets beamed to Andy Dick's ship and they have to fight Romulans. Like, just... Yeah. As if Andy Dick weren't sinister enough on his own. Right. <laughs> right. Robert playing holograms. It's just, it's just great. What about The Rock? Yeah. Remember that I, episode where The Rock messed up 79? I want The Rock. Just all the all the crazy. I mean, and that's not even to say that there is another crazy guest star confirmed from Next Generation days. Yes, someone outrageous. Yes. Uh, Billy Billy Campbell has been confirmed is going to replay reprise his role as uh, Thaddean Okano, which was like the. Han Solo knockoff yes. they ran into. Yeah, it was like, like yes. the first season of TNT. Dumb Robin Hood, but like dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he just well, he was he was the the runner up to play Riker. That was yeah. like his whole deal. And yeah. so they were like, "What if we just had you come on and be aggressively sexy for an hour <laughs> on a Star Trek show?" And he was like, "Sold." It's like, well, I bombed my audition for Riker, so I might as well just come on and be sexy for a bit. Um. And then he, you know, pumps up the jams uh, on the Lower Decks episode. I just love it. So who knows what this guy's up to. And I'm so excited to see him, like, hitting on Hologram yes. Janeway. And then like, oh, wait, also, this is a ship also, of children. <laughs> and yeah. uh, somebody from the Q Continuum, maybe? No. Like, maybe. Uh -huh. Oh, Q's kid. Yes. Um, like Lady Q, mm -hmm. Q's kid. Yeah. Any of them? Why not? I mean, we're getting Q back in Picard and that, in Picard the season thing, two. We might as well have more Q series in New Trek, and especially with like how many times can you have Riker show up and save the day? But also, <laughs> yeah, just like all the callbacks, but like you know, building on them, and you know, Q was like pretty a, a frequent guest star on Voyager. Yeah. Well, and I think. Ultimately, it comes down to, and, you know, we've, we've joked, like, oh, bring back The Rock, bring back Andy Dick, and things like that. I think one thing you have to do with a kid's show is you don't want to fall into those traps. No, And no. you want you want those characters to show up with purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, you still want the episodes to be about mm -hmm. Dal and Gwen and Jankum Pog and, you know, Rock Talk and, and all of Pog. them. You know, you, you want the show to be about them. Right. Because, um, like, Star Wars Rebels does this very well. Is It'll bring in, like, old Clone Wars characters, but they're only there for, like, an episode. You know, mm -hmm. they're not there as... Mm -hmm. This this force, yeah. Rebels know? always accomplished it better than like the Mandalorian, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, but so yes. you know, to to see all of these announcements, you know, Captain Jacote, like that that's gonna be really cool. And but then like, I, I also don't know how much of it he's gonna quick. be in. Yeah, right. like it depends on in what capacity or like is it a me is yeah. it like a pre-recorded message like hello, I am Captain Chicote of the Federation. If you're listening to this, it means that you have come across a derelict Federation ship. Right. right. Like you my know. people have a story about derelicts and like yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, it has to serve these new characters, which, like, I'm really excited to see <laughs> because there is something about children's media that just hits way harder than stuff written for, you know, 26, 27 year olds. You know, there's there's a reason all of the chosen ones are 16, you well, know, and you can you can be. Mm -hmm. 
genuine and authentic in a way that is unafraid, in a way that can be hard to do on TV made for adults. Right. I think TV made for adults is getting better at it. Right. But with children's media, you don't have those limitations to have to have those reservations mm-hmm. and feel like feelings are dumb. I mean, like they cry all the time on Discovery. This, again, that newness about being open to the world around you is something that you can get away with more easily with children's media, as long as it's done well, which I, I, I think this show's going to do that. Right. Because let's just mm-hmm. jump ahead and talk about the ending. You know, we've already talked about, like, Dal having to activate the shields and... Just keep mm. pushing buttons till it goes pew, pew, pew. Right. And, like... <laughs> it's so good. And when the ship goes pew, 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 like, that's like the fist pumping, like, yes, they did it moment. It's yeah. so good. And go- and through the waterfall was just absolute. Whoever had been had the sticky note of Starship, Federation right. Starship goes through waterfall and finally gets to tear that and, off the and, board. And, like, seriously. Winner. Yeah, and, and I've never winner. seen phasers look so badass. Like, <laughs> what, what a hero moment for phasers. Right. Let's hear it for phasers, you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Dreadnought, like, rolling off the shields. Because, like, so you good. know you know the main character is gonna, like, do the thing. Like, oh, we have to get the shields activated, and he's, like, putting the power core in, and you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, he's eventually gonna right, get right. it. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it was such a cool moment, the way it was framed when, like, they pulled it out, and they, they pulled the camera back, and you see, like, him with his tentacle in the shield, like, I'm gonna get you one day. This isn't over. And then, like, he rolls off the back of the ship. Like, it's such good setup. And then they get to space. They found space. And Gwen goes, all right, now what? And Dal goes, uh... And then there's the callback from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> you didn't think that far ahead. Right. But now they've got an adventure. And that's right. when Captain Janeway shows yeah, up. Yeah, and then <laughs> Rock Talk says, oh, but he had help. And then as soon as Rock Talk says help, the ship, like, does boop. Because, like, boop. the ship was like, you hard rebooted me. <laughs> yeah. Something's happening. <laughs> you you said me off and on again. <laughs> Wait, we're in space, and you said yeah. the magic word? Uh-oh. Time and to meet your new best friend. And then it's, I am hologram Janeway, and cut to black, roll credits, and I'm in. I I, I am subscribed yeah. to this show. What a banger of a theme song. I cannot wait for Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And, and in a couple weeks, it'll be well, two Star Treks on Thursday. We will watch Prodigy, true. and then put our child to bed, and then watch Discovery. It'll be great. Almost... Almost like it's two stars. (laughs) That would be weird conceptually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was was a great picture of Sonequa Martin-Green and Kate Mulgrew at one of the Star Trek, or maybe it was New York City Comic Con, and it was framed within this kind of overall thing of there's going to be two Star Trek series on the air for the first time since Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And it's so neat that it's that Kate yeah. Mulgrew's the connection there. And just to, you know, see our captain, see the captains together and see that was just, was so cool. And, and so just such a fun thing to be able to have these, have this overlap for a while. And we're running on, we're going to be running for a while with a new Star Trek every week. Right. I expect there's going to be like a three week drop between Discovery and whenever they do the second season of Picard. I think that they said February. Yeah. It's going to be like the winter, the winter show. Yeah. And then three weeks to a month after that, it's going to be Strange New Worlds all summer, baby. Space Daddy! Very excited for that. Yeah! Hot Space Daddy (laughs) summer. Who knows when Prodigy's coming back. I know it's been greenlit for a second season already. Yeah, they ordered 20 episodes to be split up into two 10-episode seasons, and they'll air on Paramount Plus first, and then I believe at the conclusion of the season they will start airing them on Nickelodeon. Which will be great, because it's it's a whole new audience, and more Trekkies is a good thing, regardless of age. Well, and I think it'll build the word of mouth with primarily adults first. Right. And then those are the adults that are going to be like, I can show this to my kids, and then the kids catch it on reruns. Yeah, and then the kids catch it on reruns, and... And then all the merchandise starts. And then all the merchandise (laughs) starts, and all of a sudden, all these kids want to have phasers on the playground. Uh, they want... Murph. So I, I want a Murph Squishmallow. Get on that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, I want Murph everything. I want Murph candies. <laughs> I want to eat a Murph. 
I want I mean, uh, squishy. Want I want Murph blankets. Yeah, I, I was about to say it's just a peep, right? Yes. Like, oh my yes. god, he has a peep. It's just a peep, what? right? It's just a blue and purple peep. peep? Like, <laughs> he peep. is. He is a peep. I need Murph peeps. That's I great love Easter it. candy. Yeah, that right in time fantastic. for your kids' Easter basket. So I think that about wraps it up on yes, Lost and Found, the first two episodes of Prodigy. Forrest, did you have any closing thoughts? Any thoughts you want to wrap up on your Murph obsession? I I will refrain from rapping uh, <laughs> as it gets me into trouble, but I'm I'm just super pleased and just super excited about it. I'm. Curious, I can, you know, I feel like the next episode, episode three, I guess, technically, going to be all about Janeway. And then I'm curious where it goes from there. I, what, what's, Prod, what's Prodigy Season 2? Like, is this, are we looking at the start of the ever-fabled, never-happened Starfleet Academy what? series? Because, like, it makes sense that that longer-term theoretic theorizing my my theory is season one is hologram janeway is like okay we need to get you back to the alpha quadrant because that's what i did i was in the alpha quadrant i need to collect you and we'll make sure that you have good lives and we'll get our ship back which is great yeah and we'll send you back to the alpha quadrant and then (laughs) i think season two is all of the kids realizing we left home we left all of these other children behind. We are going to steal the ship from the Federation, and we are going back to the Delta Quadrant to rescue all of them. That's what I think it's going to be. But, like, we've only seen two episodes. We don't know individual character motivations. We don't know overall arcs or anything. That is just my personal... That is the trajectory I think it's See, and I, I, want, I want a blend of those two ideas. I want them to, you know, maybe halfway through the season think, you know, we have to go back for all the rest of the unwanted that, like, didn't get the chance we got. Now we've got the firepower of this federation behind us. This is cool. And then going back and getting mm-hmm. a bunch of the unwanted, you know, and then having to fight the vacation uh, that is now going to be the enemy, so say as me. And um, then, then season two, I think you're right. I think that years. way you've got more people on the ship and you can have, like, a mini Starfleet Academy on the ship where, like, different holograms teach them things. And that way, like, you can have, you mm. know, Tom Paris come in and teach them, you know, Votech mechanic stuff, you know, shop class, and teach them how to make their own shuttles. And you have Janeway come in and, you know, she's teaching her stuff and space ethics. <laughs> and um, she's you know, you not the, the one coming. I would want to learn space well, ethics from. <laughs> if you ever get merged, if you ever merge two crew members into one, yeah, crew like member. like dangerous ethics with Catherine Janeway. Yeah. <laughs> this and is a graduate. The doctor class. comes in and Buckle teaches up. you like EMT stuff, and that way you could do different set pieces you know, based around all of these ideas and like, how can you have that Academy feeling is you need more of the unwanted on the, on the ship. And then you have like, you know, the, the core four or whatever that are the ones that actually run things because they are the ones that are the de facto adults. Right. I think it's, it's in, honestly, I think the big takeaway from the three of us, as far as where we want it to go and everything is that this show just has so much potential. It could be any of those things. It could be none of those things. And I would still be excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is is the testament of a good show. Yeah. Audience be damned. Like, children, adult, whatever. Like, a, the, the testament of a good show is you put out a solid pilot like this, and then you're on the ride. And that's great. Yeah, one of the oh, yeah, yeah. best pilots in a while. It's kind of fun. It's better than the Lord X pilot. Ooh, but, if you're nasty, though. <laughs> the Lord X pilot's funny, but like, it's just mm. a lot of like, it's Star Trek with jokes! Yeah! But, I mean, the, the thing is, it's a much different scope. Right. Right, and that's the thing. And, is, and the thing about Prodigy that makes it so fun is that the swing they're taking is so big. Right. Because it immediately draws comparisons to, you know, it's Star Trek colon Mass Effect, Star Trek colon Star Wars, and... It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians it's of the all Galaxy. Of these it's all things, the other, yeah. like, cosmic things that in the last mm-hmm. few years have gotten really popular. However, this still grounds itself in, like, Star Trek ideals, and that's what's always set Star Trek apart. So if they can hold on to that core, you know, meaning of what it is to be Star Trek and still have this much fun, it's it's got so much potential. Yeah. 
And that's what I think we're all excited about, for sure. Yep. Caitlin, did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, again, I, I'm very excited by what the show is going to bring, and I also need more Kate Mulgrew in my life in general, and I'm so happy that she's taking, like, this Miss Frizzle approach to it behind the scenes, where, like, you know, I kept sending people on the Discord every time she posts something on Instagram where she's, like, teaching us, like, the cooperation word of the day. I'm so happy about it now. It makes me feel like just something warm and deep in my heart has been activated, and I like that feeling. I want more of it. <laughs> I'm addicted to feeling things in the year of our Lord 2021. As you should mm. be, damn it. <laughs> so before we close, I want to recant a previous uh, <laughs> answer. Forrest, you had asked me who I would want to see on this show. I want the Star Trek Prodigy cast to fly by a planet and pick up a signal, and I want it to be Garrick and Bashir's lovely little retirement movie, <laughs> where they just have a cabin in the sunset arguing all day. Uh-huh. Like, because I, I really do think, like, the Cardassians in this kind of, like, 3D animated style would just, like, mm-hmm. accentuate everything as far as, like, their movements well, and, and their necks. Well, War, and, like, presumably there's, like, little encampments of Cardassians that have, like, probably moved farther and farther out into space. I don't think, I don't think it's a 0% chance they would run into them. Uh, the the Cardassians look great in the hollow deck uh, program yeah. from the season two lower decks premiere, and they look the Cardassians look awesome there. So I I love I just would love any kind of Delta quadrant or not I'm sorry any kind of Gamma slash Deep Space Nine representation. And uh, but I think we have to we'll keep hoping there. on that for a while, though in the. In the Discovery for uh, season four trailer, the president is definitely a Federation president. Well, in, in Lower Decks, one of the missions that the crew goes on and then gets rerouted on in the last minute was there's something at Cardassia Prime. Yeah, they were welcoming Cardassia into the Federation, mm-hmm. and Captain Freeman was going to be the one. And then they had to turn the ship around to do something else. <laughs> so. Yeah, seeing, I think, just Cardassians, aliens, I mean, I know Steph is probably super jamming on this show because she's always talking about, like, I want more aliens in Star Trek, and this is all aliens, mm-hmm. so, like, I I agree with that sentiment as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, the the fact that they, they were like, this is our opportunity to not have, like, a bunch of latex on someone's fucking face <laughs> and silicone and just go nuts. We don't have to West more it up. You guys like we can really have fun with this. And I mean, there's still like the Star Trek design aesthetic there, but like you can have a huge like rock golem person and it's not weird. Like it works. You can have Jankum Pog look like that. <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't have to just be stuffed with like, like downy cotton. So yeah, we're, we're all super hyped for Prodigy. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to future episodes. So, before we sign off, next week there will be no new episode of Two Star Two Trek. The subsequent week, the week after, we will be releasing our long-fabled, often-moved... Third time's the charm, you guys! Third time's the charm, <laughs> Space Seed and Wrath of Khan we'll extravaganza. Well, we, we just keep getting to Which, be... Which, like, right, to I be can't continue. even be mad so about that. So, we gotta keep... Like, our right, Kyle will be there. Kyle's right. still and hanging that, out. You know, it's a good thing to have so much Trek. It's refreshing. It feels good. It makes me look forward to Thursdays. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I Best agree. Best part I of agree. my Thursday. Thursday night. Okay, pick up the pizza. We're watching you Star Trek You know what Trek Thursday tonight. also is? It's what? The day this episode's going to drop. Yeah, Our Thursdays are drop great. on Thursdays. So it's just a good day all around. Thursdays are great. Well... Forrest, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Next week we are off. We will be covering Space Seed and Wrath of Khan two weeks from now. And until then, to be continued.